Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome back to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. So grateful that you are here for another fantastic conversation with a fantastic guest. We are joined today by Connor Doobie. Uh, he is someone that I'm actually excited because we got to have a kind of a pre get to know each other conversation before the show. Uh, so I already know that we have like jam and chemistry and that it's just going to be an amazing conversation. Um, Connor is really a, a specialist in B2B development, really helping business owners uh, across the spectrum. I mean, all types of business owners just thrive and grow their business in the digital economy. He's an active speaker. He's a podcast host. I'm stoked to say that I can get, I'm going to be on his podcast here pretty soon. Um, and just a super smart guy that I'm stoked to talk to for the next, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. Connor, welcome to Millionaire Secrets. Thank you, brother. I'm humbled. I'm honored to be here. Honestly, I've looked, um, I've been on a lot of podcasts and you always kind of, you, you do a little digging on the people who interview yeah. you at times. And honestly, man, you have such a great engaged community like i went and read through your youtube comments people love your stuff man so i'm i'm truly uh humbled to be here and and and, and the pre the pre-show interview makes a difference right get a little bit of like energy going and everything to, yeah. before you like actually go straight in and roll into interviewing people and i just kind of started doing that after years of podcasting and like jumping into interviews cold with people which mm -hmm there's a time and place for it and you can definitely pull it off, but you get that different kind of energy when you already have a, have a foundation with someone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, frankly, I want to say that the only similar experience I've had is where like I was on somebody else's show first and they interviewed me. And so I really got a feel for them. And then I had them on my show and we were able to kind of pick it up. But I think you're actually the first person that's ever sort of insisted on a pre-show interview. And I'm like, I'm like, well, that's, that's twice the time commitment. Come on. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I get it. This is awesome. Like now I'm not interviewing a stranger. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I totally agree. And, uh, I appreciate you teaching me something new about, about how to be a better podcaster. Cause I'm, I've only been doing this like three months. Um, oh really? Yeah. It does. It does. Um, it, it does make a difference. You know, some guests, like they won't, some of the guests with like, re, you know, some of them will do it. Some of them won't right. do it, but I almost always try to push for it. Even if it's five, 10 minutes, just to like feel someone out. Um, interviewing other podcasters is always fun and like easy to do because they're just used to it. But mm -hmm. yeah. What, what made you decide? I mean, you've been doing this a couple months now. What made you the guy with the success at the level that you've had so far, what, what made you decide to jump into podcasting? What, what, what made me get into like a really challenging, generally difficult business model that often takes a really long time to be rewarding. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, which I knew going in, by the way, I'm not saying that as like some, some like bitter person who's realizing that what the heck did I just sign up for? No, we knew going in that a podcast is a, is a long game. It's a slow build. Um, but, but the relationships, you know, I feel like I've frankly been about as successful as you can get as a digital marketer who sits in his little bubble. And I live in a small town in St. George, Utah. It's not like I can go to a, a meetup group and meet, you know, 50 guys that all run hundred million dollar companies. Like if I, you know, right now I'm in a hotel room in LA. If I lived in LA, I might not feel like, oh, I should start a podcast. I'd be like, oh, I should just get involved in the local chamber or whatever. But from the, from where I was, I knew that relationships were going to be the key to taking my business to the next level. And honestly, they're just fun. Like you get to a point where you want friends that are totally on your same wavelength and, and ideally where you're wanting to get onto their wavelength. And uh, this, I mean, I've had some luminaries already on this show. It's only been three months. And, and, and between you and me, I'm actually going to be publishing a book probably early part of next year. Yeah, buddy. There we and go. man, if you want to go New York times bestseller on your first book, it's a whole lot easier if you got a hundred, 200 successful marketer friends that you can reach out to and say, Hey, you know, would 100%. you like to promote my book launch? You know, hundred so, percent. And that's such, I think that's such a key point that you touched on there too, where like when I started podcasting about four years ago, I didn't know I, there wasn't, I didn't consume any class or like, no, I just knew that I was, 
you know, I'm, I'm young. I don't have connections. I didn't come from wealth. My family doesn't have, you know, kind of like real high level connections. So how can I do that? We'll create a platform to do it. And you're totally right. I mean, people don't understand if you want to be on more podcasts, start a podcast. Oh yeah. If you want to speak on more stages, give people a platform to speak. If you want people to provide something for you and value, like give that value. It's very simple math. Energy in is energy out. So true, man. I mean, I can say I've, I've been doing this literally like less than 90 days since I not only decided I want to have a podcast, but also like I want to go out and be on other people's podcasts. And I mean, among many that I've, that I've been on, I mean, just two, like for example, Bradley's dropping bombs, yep. James Altucher's show. I've actually recorded two episodes with him. Um, I mean, most people would look at how the heck did you do that in 90 days? Well, it's exactly what you're saying. Give, 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 create a platform that allows other people to share their message and, and project their voice. And there's just reciprocity. There's a weird magic to it. And it's it until a lot of people who are in the space we are, maybe there's an over exhaustion of like start a podcast, like do that, but it doesn't, there's always a unique area in which you can start a podcast or a, it doesn't even have to be a podcast, a YouTube show. A, yeah. I call it a collaboration funnel, right? It is literally finding those people and man, some of the guests I've had on, I have built deep friendships with and business with and relationships that's at such a deeper level than even some of the guys I've met out doing networking events or, mm -hmm. um, you know, I go speak somewhere and meet someone or something like that. The relationships just, there's a weird magic that comes from it. And, and I think it's because it's, we're not sitting here like talking about how we're going to just do business, but we're having like a genuine fun conversation that other people can tune into and get value from. So well, it's, yeah. I mean, uh, Dale Carnegie, his uh, how, how to Win Friends and Influence People, right? I mean, the number one takeaway from that book, at least for me, is like, what's everybody's favorite subject? It's themselves. A hundred percent. I literally bring people into my world, give them access to let thousands of people listen to them talk, essentially talk about themselves, talk about the things that they're most passionate, most interested in themselves for however long. I mean, it's, that's how you win friends and influence people, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and me, like I've talked to hundreds of um, successful entrepreneurs and, and billionaires and millionaires and um, subject matter experts and all different walks of life. You really do find that people genu genuinely want to help one another and support yeah. each other's success and support each other's careers. And I don't think... I've been asked maybe twice what my podcast listenership is, oddly enough. Yeah. I know, and I'll go on anyone's podcast because I know even if they have one listener right now and I go in and I get interviewed, five years from now, it could be the largest podcast out there and people go back and listen to my episode. Or minimally, I have extra content and I get a practice and I get a talk and make a friend and get it recorded and stuff like that. So there's so like, even if you have a small pad, I mean, uh, you just got started, like yeah. growing a show is difficult. Um, and, and so like, there's still a 360 win, even if you're just getting started from day one, that's going to get people engaged and involved with your platform. Yeah. I mean, I'll share this uh, for anybody because you know, a big part of my mission, it's not about, Oh, get everyone to start a podcast. And I think you and I both know that's not yeah. what we're saying. It's just like, think bigger, think win-win, put yourself out there, be bold, do the, do the thing that, you know, there's a million reasons not to do, but there's a huge reason to do, which is that what is it going to draw out of you and who are you going to have to become to make it a success? Like in the last two days, you know, I'm on this trip. If anybody that's watching this on YouTube, you can see I'm in a hotel room. I, I, I went out of town with my wife for a week. I made Jeff make his bed before he jumped on. Yeah, I did. I lived. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, do you want to reschedule when you're, when, when you're back in your office? Like, no, no, no. I'll just, I'll make my bed real quick. Yeah. I, well, what's funny is I'm on this little, on this little mic. Um, yeah. Bought, it's an own, you can see the brand is own O N N, which is, Sounds a, fun. which Sounds is great. It's Walmart. Own is a Walmart brand. Yeah. So there's a little like $25 gaming mic or something that I bought at Walmart just for traveling. 
But what you can't see here is behind here, I have the pillows from the bed stuffed behind the computer to soak up the ambient sound, try to create a little audio booth here. But, um, but anyways, my, my, my point is in the last, so on this trip, I, I, I canceled a lot of my stuff, but I kept a few of the, the recordings and, and conversations on my calendar. So like earlier today, I had a guy on my podcast named Evan Carmichael, who he has 2.6 million YouTube subscribers. I have almost 10,000. I'm a little guppy in the YouTube, you know, broadcast world. He's a, he's a behemoth. He was super cool and super stoked to come on my show because like you said, people don't care. The, 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 I'm not gonna say they don't care, but they care about quality way more than they care about, you know, how big and established and how far you've come because they respect the work that it takes to create quality period at any scale. And, and that's how you differentiate yourself is by doing quality work. You don't, the whole like, well, who am I? And I'm just a little guy or I'm just a newbie. You know what? I'm a newbie. Connor, you are a newbie. The next guy listening, you're probably a newbie, but nobody's ever too new to do great work. Absolutely not. And to care deeply. Yeah. Or to get others involved in your vision too. Even if they have millions of more followers and many, many years, you know, 30, 40 years on, on you. Like, um, yeah. I've been building his yeah. YouTube channel for 11 years. Let me, yeah. Say. Yeah. That's wild. Know. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure, um, he knew he may pick up two or three extra people that tell two or three other people. And like, they understand that, that, um, that exponential effect of just doing that, that one show. I mean, I've been on what I would smaller podcasts and smaller shows than even what I've seen of yours. And I've got gained an extra 10, 50 followers or whatever from right. it. And it's like, okay, cool. Like I'm happy with that. Cause that just builds. It's a snowball effect. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, so we were talking before I hit record and we were, I mean, we were starting to get into some like, real slash even like dicey territory we were talking politics we we're talking like i mean i'm in la right now and la is like you know having like some kind of like nuclear holocaust right now we're like there's pandemic. still total strict strict yeah strict the pandemic now, right? you know businesses are shut down nobody's going yeah. out like we're at work we, we ordered uh or we usually go to mastro's it was like our favorite one of our favorite restaurants and we had Did you guys call. pool open in in your gym in the building open will they let you in there so listen to this when we came out here i called 30 hotels in santa monica beverly hills and west hollywood it's like all the decent hotels in that whole area to find one that had a, that had their gym open because my wife and I, we will not miss workouts. It's just one of our keystone habits out of 30. There were only three that had functioning gyms. And this one we actually went with because it actually sounded pretty cool. They're like, we have to call and make a reservation and we unlock the gym for you. And it's you only. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. You're saying I get a private gym. Okay. Um, so we may, you know, we managed to squeeze uh, or make some lemonade out of the lemons, but in general, like, 90% of all nice hotels have their gyms shut down. Like, and there's probably it. barely anyone in there in that hotel anyways. Yeah, that's remember. the thing. Every time I've called to make a reservation, there's li they're like, oh yeah, it's wide open. You can have whatever time you want. Right. I mean, it's a disaster, man. The world, the world is in such a, such a sick place. And I do not mean COVID when I say sick. I mean, that's, that's the least of the sickness. Like the world is in a sick place. And I look at, the casualties at an individual level and what it's done to the individual human psyche and the way it's, it's ratcheted up people's dependency and their mindset of, of submission and helplessness and desperation. And, and, and I just see the world in this, this really sad, paralyzed, flat-footed state right now. And so there is a question coming, by the way. And I mean, that's it being here has been a shock for me because I live in Southern Utah. It's kind of small and it hasn't been as affected, but like, this right. is sad. I'm curious, man, you deal a lot with businesses, I mean, your uh, B2B um, podcast and, and a lot of your work is business oriented. Like, what are you seeing in the world right now? Am I just being like a cynic or is it actually as bad as I'm seeing? I feel like it's a constant, it's a constant roller coaster of emotions like it happens anyways like seasonally in businesses 
um, especially the, the industries I work with. I mean, I've got clients in energy, oil and gas, engineering, automation, logistics, shipping. Everyone is just getting hit in these weird ways that like you wouldn't even consider at times. Um, so, I mean, like everyone, the first couple months of all of this, businesses were just, almost everyone was just in a, a dead standstill. Um, people are scared. People are, there's still industries that are still scared. Um, our business even got um, initially uh, dinged because of somebody, just because of these industries, clients love us, like us, been working with us for, you know, many, many months. And then boom, all this happened and, and they've had to like totally pause and they're just in survival mode right now. And I think that is a big part of it is so many the people are in a couple categories. They're either in just kind of retreat and kind of fear. Um, they're in just like coastal survival. Um, they're kind of this up and down or they're like you and me where it's like, listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to focus on my own economy and um, in politics, you know, yeah, those are things that are to consider and where I live and the outside forces. But at the end of the day, I am my own economy. So I can only be in control of myself. And I agree with you. I'm, you know, I'm a diehard libertarian. Like I'm right there in the middle. I, I left, right, whatever. Like I'm right in the middle um, of everything. And I just like, I just, it's, there's shit on both ends, but I am so surprised. I never thought as a young, proud, you know, American dude, I've traveled all over the world, been to Europe. I lived in Europe for a little bit for just a few months. Um, I've been to Israel. I've been to Mexico. I've been um, to Croatia, like these places. And, and first off, most places, like uh, most people you talk to are so envious of you being an American because mm -hmm. you literally live in the best fucking country in the entire world with the most amount of opportunity. And it is horrifying to see so many of my peers, my age, especially who are so quick to just submit and just go with the flow and not question anything that's happening. And it scares the shit out of me, honestly. It, it is terrifying, you know. And business I, owners, not, not to cut you off too, but surprisingly, so many of these even senior level business owners who I know, and some of these guys are even, I even know as like conservatives. And um, some of the stuff they're saying, it just, it doesn't make sense to me, especially now where we're at with the data we have, you know, even Corona, set coronavirus aside, even some of the political issues that are happening right now, it's like, are you guys really opening your eyes at all or just burying your head in the sand? You know, it's so weird to me. And I say this, you know, the, my show is about inspiring individual excellence. I just want, I want to say that up front. Like if you've listened to me for any length of time, I hope that you already know that or you already feel that. But if not, let me just tell you, my mission here is to inspire individual excellence. It's not to inspire collective conformity. It's not to inspire automaton submission to the Jeff Lerner way of being or whatever. It's just to inspire individual excellence and people finding their own greatness and expressing it. So that said, uh, that's why, that's why what's happening right now is so disheartening to me. And that's the, the, the frame I want to put this whole conversation in, but what's, what's really shocking to me, it's always been shocking to me, but it's especially obvious and disappointing right now is the way the aggregate, you know, we call it groupthink, right? There's like this aggregated brain that is actually way more extreme and way more disappointing to me at least than any of our individual brains or, or than most of us. Like I look at the world and I don't see most people having this extreme viewpoint of like, we should be shut down. We should be letting our economy go to hell. We should be letting domestic violence and suicide and depression and all these other uh, uh, these other epidemics, we should allow those things to just be spiking um, because of this one thing that isn't nearly actually as bad as all these other consequences put together. Like we should be nobody individually, like it, because there is no logical argument to support. Absolutely not. If 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 there is, like we should not be driving ever again. I mean, the case for that, it's like shame on you. You want to get in your car 
right. and go to a destination. Like you just, you want to murder you're people. Promoting, you're promoting fatalities. Road fatalities. You're promoting deaths. It's the same, it's the same thing. Now, again, in the beginning, I'm like, well, this is, this is, this is dangerous. Shut this thing down. Give us the two weeks to slow the curve, all this. I mean, we're still talking about coronavirus. There's much bigger picture here, right. but um, to be at the point where we are now, you're in California right now, which is like, they've seen big, as big of spikes as Texas and these other states that are open and they were shut down and locked down harder than any of these other states too. So the fact that we're at where we're at now doesn't make sense. And at some point, someone's got to push back. I go around and, and they started mandating face masks in the building here and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not going to play like that. You guys can evict me if you like, but I'm going to go to the gym. I'm not going to exercise with a face mask. It's ridiculous. Um, I'm not going to cause myself more damage and harm. At some point, someone's got to stand up and, and push back a little bit. Yeah, and here they tell you that if you, jog, if you go outside, even if you're jogging, you have to jog with a face mask. Absolutely not. Which is Absolutely ridiculous. Like, Where, where's the science? Like, they're like, nurses wear face masks for 18 hours a day. Yeah, but they're not exercising. Yeah. They're not doing exacerbated exercise. Like, come on, guys. Wake up. Open yeah, they're not, they're your, not open exhaling like 80% CO2 with every breath. Um, yeah. So but, these conversations go one way or the other too. I mean, it can, and, 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 and it, there's some, there's more we should talk about here too. I think you touched on something else that's really important. This applies for anybody. And, and I think um, really applies for those who are, you know, successful and they're still going to make it through the other side of this with their mental health intact and their mm -hmm. physical health. When I was, um, you know, 16 through 20, Two, I've experienced um, deep spouts of depression in my life, partially due because I found out there was a health issue I was having with autoimmune disease. And um, basically, you know, anything that was like, uh, um, that didn't align with my diet was causing uh, severe depression and among other things. But I was to the point where I was suicidal. I was cutting myself, um, ended up in the hospital at one point in time. And um, I think this conversation is really important to have right now too. I didn't, I didn't think this is where we go with this podcast, but I think this is really important to touch on is don't give up on your hope and on your passion and your vision. Because I know even in normal times when I was literally like, I should probably just kill myself because that'd be the most convenient thing to do at this point. Wow. That was because in hindsight, I was not pursuing my passions and my visions. I was, I was falling into the group think of everybody else. And I was in college and I had like a side job and I was working for this kind of bigger company too. And from the outside, people are like, wow, you're pretty successful for a young 20, 20 year old dude. And like, I was dead inside. I was in a bad relationship. And um, in hindsight, the thing that, that exacerbated that the most, besides my physical health, which is extremely important to your mental health, um, is not being, not pursuing, not even the chase of my passions. Even if I wasn't getting anywhere, I had kind of like stepped back and been like, okay, do this thing, go to college, get a job out of that. And, and, and that's not me. Like for years, I started my first business at seven. I was entrepreneurial in nonprofits. And I just went through this weird phase of life where I'm like, Oh, I need to be like everybody else and fall into that. And a lot of that's happening right now. And, and not by people's choice too, obviously you're locked in your house in some places you're, you, you can't do the normal things. So it is just, if I can out relay any message to anybody, it's that much more important to be able to do the things that you're looking ahead you're not just looking in the four walls of your apartment or your house or your room right now. You're looking outside of that and listening to guys like Jeff who, you know, they've accomplished these great things that, I mean, that, that is what will help you break out of that mold and that mindset. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, and I appreciate a, where this conversation has gone and B that you said, look, this is about a lot more than just, you know, COVID, right? Or the current, and, and I don't, I don't like my, my interviews, my conversations to be only like temporarily relevant either. I mean, I want to create a timeless body of work here with these interviews, 
and and I think that we're on a very timeless subject right now if we if we approach it the right way, which is like have you either have an acquiescent disposition, just way of being in the world, or you have like a, a self-determined uh, considered way of being in the world where like you ask hard questions, you make maybe hard decisions and you you pursue your own individual track at risk of judgment, at risk of criticism. And like, that's a, that's a very binary either or way of being in this world. And I, what's happening right now is I think exposing the extent to which so many of us just have an acquiescent way about us. Mm. And that is what I mean, because, you know, in my mission to inspire individual excellence, inspire personal greatness, and to, you know, espouse that for many, I believe that entrepreneurship and, and particularly in some, in a lot of cases, digital entrepreneurship can be a vehicle to unlocking a lot of human potential. Like a lot more people would, would say yes to that message and actually not just say yes, but act yes. Like they would take action on the message. If we weren't hamstrung by this fear and this insecurity that ultimately manifests in acquiescent behavior. Mm -hmm. Like stop fucking acquiescing to stupid shit. And that like, and the, that, like the group, like the group think like you got to ultimately do what you know is right. And what makes you happy and excited and fired up and, and passionate. And, um, I, and before, even before this, like this podcast will be timeless because there, this period that we're in, in history, which I'm so grateful to be going through as a young entrepreneur and someone who's like, you know, like to many others, just getting started with my life. And, and I, and like to be able to go back and have this experience, but on the other side of this, things are never, ever going to be the same. They're going to look back at this period of time in history books for hundreds of years to, you know, from now. But um, I, it, it was already important before COVID to be able to break from the mold because so many live that same life I was where I was really just broken, sick, unwell um, from the outside. Everything looked great. And, um, you know, I was happy. Uh, but also, you know, Robin Williams was a great comedian and committed suicide. So um, you never really know what's going on behind the scenes a lot of the time with people. And I know so many listening to this probably fall in that category too. Number one, you got to talk to someone. And you got to share your dreams and share your goals. And, and if someone's critical of you for that, then you're in the wrong circle, bro, or gal, you're in the wrong circle. That's number one is you got to communicate that out. And number two, you got to have that passion to be looking to not just, um, oh, it's just another day and I'm just going to go with the flow another day in quarantine. I'm just going to whatever, might as well binge some more Netflix, like start building something start building something you'll find it it's hard to do it's like trying to go to the gym um after not going to the gym for a long time but just you'd start taking those incremental steps and all of a sudden you find yourself in jeff Lerner's position um successful entrepreneur millionaire you know i uh i appreciate yeah i mean i know we're just totally on the same page here i was listening this morning to um a book uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I don't know if you've ever read it, but no, but I certainly will. Oh my gosh, man! I mean, and and listen, there's there's plenty of books written on the Holocaust. There's plenty of firsthand accounts of concentration camps, and I mean, it's, it's I, th there's no words like I, there's nothing I have to say that even brings value, brings additional insight to the to that type of conversation. But what I, what's so inspiring, or, or the reason I'm particularly listening to this book and why I would recommend it is it's not just another account. It's not just another horrific description of, of terror, terrible things. Uh, Viktor Frankl, he was a psychiatrist who created something called logotherapy, which is all about uh, nurturing people. You know, it's therapy, it's therapeutic application of, of what, he, what he figured out in a concentration camp, which is that like the key to happiness and, and human uh, thriving is basically meaning. We want to mean something. And he figured this out in a concentration camp where everything is stripped away, where a human is reduced to their most meaningless, Nothing. their meaninglessness. 100%. And, and that was the real horror. You know, he's like, when you're in a concentration camp, 
the horror of it isn't even dying. He's like, half the people commit suicide. It's like, well, I'm going to, you know, it's not even life at that point. It's the meaninglessness that, and that's actually what the Nazis were doing was they were trying to take this proud people and, re, and, and eliminate any shred of their pride or even their humanity and just reduce them to pure animal meaninglessness. And you know what, he built this whole therapy. It's an amazing book. That's, you know, not the point here, except I will highly recommend it. But I think it informs exactly what you're saying. So I get like kind of emotional because it's a really moving book, but yeah, um, what you're saying, like we want to matter. 100%. And it sounds to me like what you were experiencing at one point in your life was this feeling that, Hey, I'm checking all the boxes. I'm superficially doing things that look good to others, but like, this isn't, this isn't the meaning that I want to have in this world. hundred percent. And so many are, are, in that and and it is very applicable yeah 100 percent. like if 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 my family escaped uh germany during world war ii my grandmother and grandfather came over to new york when they were three and four with their family mm. just barely barely escaping wow. um and uh and so yeah if it if you can read accounts like that even though it's dark and terrifying but really take check and take audit and this also applies to how people perceive our country right now as well is th put things into perspective really put things into perspective for yourself um and and you might just change your the how you're looking at things right now um and the other side of things too is it's like people get so annoyed to me because i push back on the face mask thing and i'm like okay listen my family escaped Nazi Germany in World War II. And you got to realize, first, it was two weeks to slow the spread. Now we're months down into this. And it's just one baby step after another. And if you just want to keep complying, good. If you want to consider me selfish, because I push back on something like that, good. But I watch, you know, we all in history, six million of our ancestors completely wiped from the face of the earth. And it was, it was a slow sequence of small concessions and compromises. And, and I mean, it's like anything they, you know, it's death by a thousand tiny cuts. Only the cuts get even, they get a little bit deeper every time. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Six and, million. Yep. That was right. I had to Google it. I'm like, was that accurate? Yeah. yeah six million. Yeah, six million. Six million. So, so like, yeah, that's, it's not intended to be conspiratorial. I'm not trying to get all like, out, really out there it's the group. that's yeah that's the group think that that i fear it's not i don't think we're being rounded up to be like mass murdered like i don't think that's what's happening here but you really if you find yourself angered at something or you're leaning politically one way take a look at who also around you what are they saying what are they talking about and is it one group? Are you surrounding yourself with both sides of information and all, you know, are you contextually kind of filling yourself in? That's how I go about business too. Like I look at um, everything. Like I'm not tied to the way I do business and services and the way I serve my clients. I'm constantly making changes and I apply that in all areas of my life. I'm constantly questioning and pressure testing my own ideas and trying to find the opposite in the opposing viewpoint I love opposing viewpoints of mine, love consuming that information on sales, on marketing, on business development, on podcasts, on, you know, politics, all that good stuff. I, I just, I, I wish I could employ more people to, to um, approach life that way. You know, I, I live in a, a little town called St. George, Utah. Um, it's a little cluster of towns in, in this little Washington County, Utah area. And it's a really interesting town. It's about 50% roughly Mormon, more, uh, at least Mormon by, by claim. It's probably even less that are like serious, devout, you know, don't miss a Sunday kind of Mormons. I'm, I'm not LDS, which LDS means Mormon. It's like a synonym. My, my uh, brother's uh, in Utah. He married a, a Mormon girl. He's not Mormon, but he converted really? and they move and they live in Utah now, actually. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. <laughs> a lot of them do live in Utah. Yeah. And actually, I think we're not actually not supposed to say more. I think they tried to get, they shake off the Mormon term or something. I don't know. Huh. But anyway, here's my point. 
it's in terms of people that are serious adherents to Mormon practice in St. George, it's like less than 50%. Yet, almost every business in St. George is closed on Sunday. Mm. And so, you know that every business owner, most business owners in St. George, statistically, the majority of them are not serious practicing Mormons, just based on the population. So they're not closed on Sunday because of their own personal beliefs. And they're not closed on Sunday because there's no business to be done on Sundays because actually more than half the, the rest of the town, more than half of their customers aren't serious practicing Mormons, but they might offend someone. And every Sunday I get, I mean, I make some offhand comment. Like, it's not like it ruins my Sunday. We have a great Your wife's annoyed Sunday. with you every Sunday because you're like, that business is closed. And <laughs> yeah, but it is, it, dri- it does drive me kind of nuts that I'm like, yeah. Hey, hey, let's go, go get, you know, go eat at such and such place. So like, let's do such and such activity. Oh, wait, they're closed. I'm like, right. Why? Why are they closed? Like there's people yeah. like me that want to spend money. And, um, it, and it, but it's all, it's like this little window into the same thing we're actually talking about where when everybody starts making decisions based around not what makes the most sense, not what I even logically believe, but what avoids upsetting the most upsettable people? Mm. Then collectively, we start to go down this path that individually none of us ever would. And, and to your point, that's how you end up with the Holocaust, is when you get millions of people to collectively start going down paths that individually none of them ever would, until suddenly they look around and go, I don't know how we got here, but I'm not going to be the one to speak up. And that's why I get so passionate about this issue. Well, yeah, they didn't just shovel 6 million Jews into camps. Yeah. They, it went from certain laws, restrictions, and then IDing, and then um, making sure that, uh, you know, there's like uh, just different segregation that was happening. Like it was step-by-step incremental over years. And that's how anything happens too. That's how it happens in your business too. Good habits, bad habits. Um, it applies in so many, like in, in a microscopic level and a big grand universal um, uh, scale like we're at right now. And so I just, I challenge anybody to really, really think now here's, here's, here's like the, the, the exciting part in the upside for anybody is the reason I started um, when, when I was 13 years old, I knew I wanted to be successful. Like, I'm sure you had that moment in your life too. You're like, that's it. The lights, sw- like, I know I'm going to do something big and help lots of people and, and be, you know, well-known and, and do things on a big scale and everything. And I started studying successful people when I was 13 years old. And then I started to see this trend is and it goes back to we, we were talking i don't know if we're talking about think and grow rich before the podcast or during the podcast but um think and grow rich and it's like nobody not a single person bad or good creates success in a vacuum alone and so i knew um when i started uh, mile high mentors my first podcast here local it's colorado uh it's community driven it's community based um that that could be a way for other people to connect up with mentors. And I knew I needed mentors. And so if you're sitting here trying to figure out like, okay, I'm stuck, like all this sounds good. And I know I need to take that step and go into entrepreneurship and start a business and go work with Jeff. Well, get a mentor, get, get other people around you like that are either going to influence you in the right way, or they're going to influence you in the wrong way it changes your entire life for the good or the better. Right now, I think too many people are, their mentors are the media in the news and what they're just reading on Facebook newsfeed rather than sitting down and actually having a conversation with someone who has accomplished where you want to be and has gone through those steps of where you want to be because good or bad times, it all still, all the same basic principles apply to success. Man, you just, you just said something powerful and convicting, I suspect, for a lot of people. The concept that the media is your mentor. If the media, if you don't, here's the thing. 
it's not just say, oh, the media is not my mentor. Okay, great. Then who is? If you can't name someone who's more your mentor than the media, then there's a good chance the media is actually your mentor by default. And it doesn't have to be media like, oh, bro, I don't watch Fox News or bro, I don't watch CNN or whatever. Social media is the media. Oh, if yeah. you're following, if you're following your friends and they're reposting stories and news stories and, and that's what you're consuming and that's where you're getting your collective information, that is the media and those are your mentors. That is where, make no mistake, you're being influenced and you're getting information that way, good or bad. But it is perceiving your, your, your point of view on life and how you see life. And it may not be allowing you to have that overview effect. Yeah, I think a lot about, I was, I was literally talking to somebody about this yesterday. I was up at the pool work between calls and I just randomly got into a conversation with someone and we were talking about it's so weird the things that you talk about when you hate small talk as much as I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, I'm talking to this person at the pool for like 10 minutes and suddenly we're talking about entropy and the laws of thermodynamics and how everything decays over time unless you intentionally build and that that's like what love is and all this stuff. But my point is, sounds like a cool conversation. It was a really cool. Conversation. I would get, I would totally get into that. But what my point is, I think you have to realize the human, and I've realized this for myself, the human mind, I mean, we're all subject to, to that concept of entropy and decay over time that like, unless you are very, very intentionally and willfully and consistently putting amazing quality information into your brain, then your brain, the quality of the thoughts and ideas in your mind will decay over time. Just like if you're not really proactive about your fitness and health, your body's going to shit. It's just, it's just what happens unless you like exert against nature. And, yeah. and with, with, with the mind, you have to like, you have to be, it ha almost has to be like a, a, an exhaustive level of discipline. And, and what makes it not exhaustive is to make big structural changes. Because if you're constantly having to fight little battles and block people out and block things out, like that is exhausting. The only way to make it not exhausting is to make a wholesale shift and be like, I'm canceling all of it. I'm breaking up with all of you. Leave me alone. I'm going in my cave where at least I'm, I have the peace to nurture myself with good information. 100%. And that's the, that's the sacrifice. That's what most people won't do. Why? because we might upset the most upsettable people. Just go I've, ahead and upset them. Yeah, I had a, and, and that, I, I have had an incredible guest on my podcast and she, one of the things I've carried in through today is like, you know what's interesting is people think it's about constantly adding more to your life, more people to your life, more information, when in fact it's actually, how much can you remove from your life, um, which has been one of the most powerful things I've done. How, what people can you remove? What bad habits? What just like sloppy stuff that you're kind of stuck in doing? Um, even, even physically, you know, I keep my place pretty minimalistic. Like I, see I can, I can do a fancy car. I can drive a fancy car and I can have way fancier stuff than I do, but it, what does it matter? Like it allows my mind to be the, the, the focus of the growth mechanism in, in my space around me. And so, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Just what can you remove? You and I, we all know that guy who went to plug fancy, you know, Harvard Law School and they went to school or whatever. And now all they do is golf every weekend and they have a beer gut, right? Oh, yeah. um, I, I, went, I grew up going to school, high school with, I would say 80% of my high school class is that guy or whatever the equivalent is. <laughs> right. And, and it's not because it's just their genes. Like um, they just thought college was something you go to and then your education is done versus doing what you see. Again, this is millionaire secrets. I'll let all of you in on a secret that millionaires and billionaires all know that you probably don't know is that they are constantly educating themselves 
more than anyone. Warren Buffett, even this day, carves out three hours, I think three hours a day for reading. Okay, so if the guy at that level is doing that, how are you educating yourself? And what are you educating yourself with? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Somebody, um, somebody, it's been in the last year, I'm 41. So I guess it probably was, actually it would have been three years ago. It wasn't last year, it would have been three years ago. It would have been when I was 38. Because somebody, a friend of mine, went to my high, my twenty-year high school reunion when we were thirty-eight. You know, eighteen plus twenty. I guess yeah, that's right. And he said, "You're asking me to do math." Like, I know, I know. I got, I got, I got many skill sets, but like, not, not, <laughs> not my, not my thing. I. <laughs> yeah, if I've been out of school that long, it means I, I'm probably out, not up to speed on my math. <laughs> uh, but it, what he told me, I was like, that is so interesting. And admittedly, there was a little bit of like ego gratification in it, but that really wasn't my big takeaway. He was like, Jeff, you are by far the, in the best shape of anyone from our class in high school. Like just, you know, and, and I was actually in probably a little better shape three years ago than I am now, just because I, I, I do the same routine, but I've gotten three years older. Um, and I was like, so what's funny about that is when I was in school, I was like the chubby nerdy kid who always got picked last at sports was by no nobody's vote for like the fittest kid and really want, wanted to be a better athlete and felt like a loser and had a lot of body issues and shame and stuff which means it's it's not about natural gifts it's just habits and like i'm not a fit i'm not a personal trainer i'm not a fitness influencer that's not my business it's just habits 20 years out of high school I've developed better habits. Clearly, most of them, at least in that part of their life, have allowed uh, the natural decay over time in their habits. And so I win by default. I win simply by having good Consistency. habits. Consistency. Yeah. So how, how often do you work out now? So, I mean, I, don't, I just don't miss a day because I hate who every I day? am on those days. Do you, just, f- do you feel like working out every day? Do you want to work out every single day? No, I've been on a week-long getaway trip with my wife where we've been staying up late we've been hanging out we've just been having a, be a way looser lifestyle than we normally would i have not felt like working out once this whole trip right but i also haven't missed a day right yeah i just it, because and, i just don't like who i am and and i'm i don't here's the thing i don't even have to ask i know you have a disciplined rigorous routine taking absolutely. care of yourself you're probably very dialed in on your diet. You realize that you had a mental health issue that correlated to a physical health issue. And my guess is you've totally cleaned that up in your life. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, almost out of necessity, I'm so grateful because I wouldn't be able to give back, you know, um, in the ways that I'm able to and pour into people that are the ways that I'm able to, because I'd be dead. Like if I didn't fix anything, I'd be dead um, physically. Like I was, I was deteriorating. Um, cause I was so sick and, um, could, could just barely, I wasn't absorbing any nutrients or food or anything. Um, so it was bad. Um, and, uh, I, I remember my mom just like, uh, I, I can't, I was maybe gone from college. Like I hadn't seen her in like maybe five months or something. And she just looked at me. She's like, you look like a skeleton. Like you look so frail. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm fine. And all this good stuff. But, um, Where's it going with that? So yeah, I mean, absolutely habits. But here's the thing. I think people from the outside looking in, they see me and see how much content I put out in videos and podcasts and, um, you know, sharing uh, experiences and speaking and doing podcasts like this and stuff. Like the truth is I will binge Netflix for a whole weekend sometimes. Like there's weekends where I will lay down and binge or there's nights where I'm just like, screw it. And I'll eat the junk food or I'll get up in the morning. I'm like, I'm not going to go into the gym or, you know, maybe have a few more drinks than I should have in one evening during the weekday. But here's the thing. And here's what I've just learned in creating habits is the, the reason I've had the success I've had is I'm not always up and consistent. Like I'm not always like this. It is always like this. The difference that I do compared to other people is when I'm up, I really take advantage of that. And I go all in. And in two hours, I'm more productive than most people are in a five-hour period 
because I've optimized myself for when I'm in my peaks. And then when the valleys come, I let them come and I rest and I relax and I don't stay up till 1am grinding on my business because that's fucking stupid. And I want to have a happy, healthy life when I'm 80 and still be able to do stuff. I rest. I go to, I force myself into bed by nine or 10. I get up at the same time every day, but I don't always, I don't always feel the same every day because I'm a human being no matter how optimal I am. So I think I just, I, I just, I just ride the highs and I let the lows come. And I even just kind of learn that through facing depression too, and anxiety and all of that. And um, I think there's so many people that think because they're in a dip that it's like, Oh, this is it. This is my state versus rather capitalizing and really taking advantage of those times that they're in, you're in your ups. Yeah, it's almost like thinking this is my life rather than just like, no, this is my, this is the season or this is the cycle. There's uh, always seasons. Yeah. But nothing like, look at that whiteboard. Like that whiteboard looks stiff and square and, and, and flat. But if you take it and you expand it out thousands of times, um, thousands of times, I don't know if that's right math, but it's got crevasses and valleys and it's rigid and there's like all kinds right. of dips and flows. Like, dude, nothing in life is like this. So if you see other guys who are, who are, you know, um, successful and more successful than you don't be fooled. Like nobody is perfectly like this. There's always that going on in everybody's life. Yeah. You're just not zoomed in close enough to see it. And and I think about that a lot in my own life. I I sometimes make comments to Jacqueline. I'm like, you know, admittedly I've done a decent job in the last two years of projecting this, this, person out to the world via online to create an impression of who Jeff Lerner is. And a lot of times I'm like, man, if people could really see, like, just see me in this moment, like they would, they would just run away screaming. Um, but you're right, man. That is, that's, that's everyone. I'm curious though. So you had what sounds like a really, really a challenging time, which I want to say, I really appreciate you being so authentic about, um, cause that's, here's what I know is that as soon as you opened up about that, a lot of people listening to this podcast just kind of leaned in and were like, Oh, wait, I, I relate. I, you know, I connect like this. There's hope almost potentially. Um, how did, what, what was the process for you of having the awareness to identify the issue, not to get bogged down in it and, and deteriorate and ultimately to transcend it, to become who you are now, which is like, you're one of those guys that people probably think just lives up here and like has no right. Problem. How'd that happen? Like, dude, how do you have so much energy and you're up yeah. all the time? I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I literally had to sit on my couch and do just like 15 minutes of meditation to get my energy back before this podcast. Cause my day had just been like wild. Mm. I've been in meetings all day long. Like I was exhausted before I jumped onto this call. Um, but now I'm energized. So um, uh, uh, to answer your question, it was, it was years of buildup. I mean, there, there were several tipping points. Like it was so bad that my psyche, I thought I was going to end up in a psych ward at some point because I, um, the, the weird thing about, uh, uh, I'll even be more specific. If anyone's interested, I had basically what's called leaky gut syndrome and it's a, it's a type of, um, it's, uh, it's basically a deterioration in your gut it can come from many forms, having too much in antibiotics at some point or just bad genetics or there's so many different categories or so many different reasons that could be an issue, but it causes psychological issues, causes physical issues. So I could literally eat something and then it would cause me to hallucinate like hours later and I'd be in these dips and like sick and ill and um, there's weeks where I'd be in bed, just want to constantly be in bed and just um, couldn't even move from my bed. I was just in pain, physical pain and all that good stuff. So, um, it was just literally the point that I didn't give up. Um, and I think that is the point. And I think anybody would tell you that whether they're locked in, um, you know, locked up in, in the Holocaust or they're, um, in quarantine right now, or they're facing other physical, mental, um, psychological issues is like, just don't give up. I just didn't give up. So, I just kept seeking and trying and testing and obtaining new information. I found what worked. I doubled down on it. 
I kept scaling. This is so funny because talking about this now, I've never even thought about this, but like, this is literally how I go about my business is the same thing. Like something's broken. It's causing issues. I try to, at first I try to eliminate things. So that was the first thing I did. I eliminated foods and went barely to like bone broth. And I drank that for very long time. And that was like basically my whole makeup and like chicken. Mm. And, and then I added things back in slowly. I found what worked and what didn't work and what I could do and what I couldn't do and what supplements I needed to do to rebuild my gut structure. And eventually it just, you know, I was able to turn things around and to a point now where it's like, you know, it's rare. I'll get into those ebbs and flows. It still happens to the day. I still get depressed. I still get anxious. Um, to this day, like I still have those downs, but they're not near as deep um, because I know that I can come out on the other side of it. So, you know, it's interesting. I'm as you're talking, I'm thinking about the book, um, Man's Search for Meaning, and one of the things he says is that the the prisoners would all, you know, everybody had their own road to hoe, right? Like it wasn't like. I mean, you don't have the time to be involved in other people's business. Or you, don't, you don't have the energy, I should say. Um, you got your own issues. But there was just kind of this culture and this understanding amongst the prisoners that if you saw your fellow prisoner starting to slip in, I think his word was despair, starting to slip into despair, essentially giving up the will to keep going. Suddenly, everybody had the energy to intervene and try to help. I mean, no matter how miserable and wretched somebody else's conditions were, they wouldn't let each other slip in, or they would try hard not to let each other slip into despair. Because he said there was a point in a prisoner's being where once they, once they crossed a line into despair and true hopelessness, they never came back. There, there was just no saving them at that point. And so they, they realized that that's the critical moment they have to protect against. They have to do everything they can to, to lend their energy. I mean, think about these people, these emaciated, abused, you know, exhausted people that they have no energy to spare for anything. And yet they knew enough to not to try to support each other from slipping into despair because, and it's almost like, that's what you're saying. I mean, despair is that hopelessness. That's, that's what you're saying. Giving up. That's where it ends. It's like, there's no, yeah. and this is such cliche, it, you know, to, it's not what people want to hear to say, Oh, well just don't give up. But like literally, <laughs> and I, I see it in my own life. There've been times you just can't give up. You just have to do that one more thing. And then once you've done that, just got to do the one more thing again. And then like, and eventually you come out and how do you, how do you sh say that to people? You know, you work with people, going through hard things. I imagine I work as an entrepreneurial, you know, teacher and evangelist. I work with people going through hard things because frankly, a lot of people, by the time they get to the place where they're like, well, I'm going to go online and start an online business. It's because a lot of other things have gone wrong. Right. And so I'm curious if you've, if you've got a, a hack or a, a way that you have found success with getting people that are flirting with giving up to just take that one more step or fight for one more day? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, you already answered the question. You, you, you don't have to do anything. Find other people that will help elevate you when you're in that situation. Find the other, other people who you can lean on to. Find a mentor. Um, you know, a mentor doesn't even have to be like, I gotta go hire someone. Like, a mentor can be um, someone you look up to and, and I have many mentors in my life. Some I rely on for health and relationships and wealth and wellness. And I have different categories for, for different mentors. And so other people are going to do that for you when you feel like you're just absolutely at the bottom and you can't even take a step further. I mean, I have wanted to give up so many times, like Probably this week, I've wanted to give up three or four times already, you know, on certain things. And uh, it, it is, you literally hit it. It's just that one extra step, that one extra, that one extra painful movement to the other side that'll give you the momentum to keep going. You know, the, the Navy SEALs, and, and I, I, I love that you said that. And I'll also add from something else you said earlier that like, 
generally successful people really do want to help. They, they love helping people. And so Absolutely. they're great. You're, if you need help, it's great to have surrounded yourself with successful people because successful people like to help. It's actually, you know, I don't want to say poor, but like poverty minded, desperate people that they're, they, that they're the selfish ones that don't like to help because in many cases they don't have the luxury. They got to worry about themselves because, you know, I always say poverty is the most like selfish thing in the world. 100%. So, so it, it makes me think of the Navy SEALs have this saying, they say like, start getting ready now because by the time you need to be ready, it'll be too late to get ready. Exactly. It's kind of the same thing here. Start putting the relationships in place now that you're going to need when you really need help. Because when the, when it, by the time you need help, it'll be too late to go get those relationships. Absolutely. Dig your well before you're thirsty. Yes. You, you, I mean, you, you, you mentioned you're going to be publishing a book next year. So um, right now you're building relationships. Like when you publish your book next year, like, dude, I'm going to share the shit out of your book. Cause we're homies now. Like we yeah. did the, and you, and you provided me the value of having this conversation that I've never talked, I've never gone this deep into a podcast before on these topics. So, um, you've provided me huge value in this conversation and, um, anyone can do that. Anybody can do that for anybody, no matter how far out of reach they may seem. And that person that you really want to build a relationship with, they're not out of reach for you. No, not at all. And that, that's been the biggest, uh, aha for me through this process um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, I, I realized not even with this intention until now I've defined it and go, Oh yeah, that's great. Like I'm putting relationships in place now that it'll be too late to go get when I actually, when they have the most value for me exactly. and it's the same thing. And, and, and it's, it's preventative medicine, like have the right circle now, because there will be a day when maybe you want to launch a book or maybe you just need to call someone who can give you good advice you don't want to be surrounded by all your crappy negative friends calling to get advice from crappy negative people. Um, so anyways, well, Connor, this conversation, yeah, man, this has gone in unpredicted directions that are amazing. And I honestly wish we had more time for it. Unfortunately, uh, we both have uh, time constraints. So we have to draw it to a close with probably uh, an open loop to say, we might need to do this again. 100%. Uh, and actually, I get Anytime. to be on your show here pretty yep. soon, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Let me, uh, let me just kind of make sure we, we ask you. So other people at this point, I suspect, you know, heavily inspired by your story and your vulnerability. Um, where can they go to get into your world deeper? Um, you guys can find me pretty much anywhere. Uh, Connor Doobie, C-O-N-N-O-R, uh, Doobie, D-U-B-E. I use LinkedIn absolutely the most. Um, Connor Doobie there. I use Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can go check out our podcast on, we're on all the major podcast apps out there, B2B Mentors. And if you're in Colorado, we have Mile High Mentors. And yeah, if there's, love to connect up. If there's anything I can help you with or something inspired you, then, um, you know, I love meeting, meeting new people. It is probably my favorite thing in this world. Yeah, it's funny. I had a I, on our on my notes for the show. It was like uh, I had LinkedIn marketing as a thing that we were going to talk about. Yeah, we, we, that. We, don't like, worry. I have plenty of content for you guys. This conversation, I guarantee you, is way more valuable and yeah. and foundational to anything that you do from marketing, sales, business. We live in a world where business and personal life are no longer separated. Yes. And so having these things in account and uh, not just grinding yourself to death is so uber important. And amen. I align with that. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, yeah, definitely go deeper into Connor's world. He has a ton of amazing marketing training and business development training that, you know, we obviously didn't get into on this show, but uh, it's abundant and it's very good. I've, I've actually looked at quite a bit of it. Um, we also put together a special offer for listeners of this episode, millionairesecrets.com forward slash Connor D. Uh, you can get our free ebook on the fastest way to become a millionaire. It's called the Millionaire Shortcut and, you know, subscribe to the podcast and all this stuff uh, for people that want to go deeper into my world, millionairesecrets.com forward slash Connor D. So we know that you came from this episode. Uh, Connor, I just 
man, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for an amazing conversation and for giving so much value to the Millionaire Secrets audience. Dude, thank you. Pleasure is all mine, honestly. And uh, safe trip out there, safe travel, safe travels. Go get some dinner and everything with your wife and look forward to catching up on my podcast next time. Yes, sir. It's going to be amazing. Thank you again, Millionaire Secrets audience. Thank you as always. I will see you guys on the next one. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome. Awesome.